0: Um, And the unique proposition is that um, the ownership of a single uh, solar panel is transferred from the asset owner uh, to the second buyer, so to the next next party.
1: It is 1 o'clock here And it means that it is time for our next uh, use case webinar from the Two Tokens Foundation. And we talked earlier about the digital loan tree. Um, and today we're going to talk about the energy use case. And um, I won't be doing that uh, by my own. Uh, I'll be the host of today. But I have four guests actually, uh, of whom three in the studio and one online, being uh, Liam uh, van der Berg and uh, Jos Reuning here at the table, thank you very much. Jaak Gordijn will join us a little bit later um, uh, at the end of this webinar and uh, back home is uh, Gidget Brugman. So welcome everybody. Thank you. So um, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about multiple things today, um, uh, but most formally, obviously the energy token use case and the agenda for today is as follows. First, we're going to talk a little bit about the fractional ownership use case. We're going to talk about the uh, uh, structure and the status of our project, our uh, energy use case project. We're going to talk about a little bit about the legal side, the legal review so far, but also the business modeling or the value from an ecosystem perspective. And um, uh, so these are, uh, are going to be the four points that we're going to cover today. It is a live webinar and that means that in a live webinar you can ask questions anytime when you want to. And I can pass it on to any of the speakers that we have here today. So please do so because a live webinar is always extra fun when it's interactive. And to start out the interaction a little bit, um, I'll start out with a poll question for you uh, just to get the hang of it. And the first poll question is, um, what is your role? And please click on the answer so we can see it live here in the studio. And we have one more other poll question coming up uh, during uh, this this presentation. Uh, so uh, this is just a practice poll question to put it like that. So uh, am I a researcher, a regulatory, uh, regulator, a lawyer? I am an investor, an entrepreneur, or a business development? Uh, developer, so please click on the answer. It's actually the third use case we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're very busy within the two tokens, um, and um, the energy use case is, is quite interesting. A lot of movement at the, at the moment. We're Indeed, deep diving into it. But uh, what's your your, your feeling so far? Uh, without revealing any of the so, details.
0: Well, so there are a lot of uh, international interests. So yeah. on on our use case, and I'm glad that we have so many uh, parties that are forming the coalition of the willing. Yeah, to uh, create this, this, this tokenization concept and to test it, to validate it. Yeah. Um, and we are on the brink of uh, having something to really t- tangible to show by the end of the year. So, that's a promise for the next webinar already, right? Okay. Uh, so, and, and looking forward. And also, um, uh, we are now discovering and proposing a continuation of this use case in, yeah. in the next year to see how we extend the groundwork that we are building here. We explain a little bit how that works. Yeah. Uh, into next year with additional use cases to uh, to uh, build on the foundation that we lay in, in this part uh, so far.
1: Ah, great to hear. Great to hear. Well, in the meanwhile, we have multiple answers er, uh, in. <laughs> Sorry. Um, most of the people are uh, either a researcher or a developer or an entrepreneur. So it's quite an interesting mix that we have in the background. Yeah. So thank you very much for your answer. So, um, Let's get started. And 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 Jos, can you tell a little bit more about the energy use case and maybe also yeah. connected to
2: other so, initiatives?
0: Uh, yeah, I want to make an announcement. Actually, yeah. start yeah. with that, right? So um, uh, we, within the coalition, of coalition of the willing, we have a new member, uh, Wien Energy. Uh, Wien Energy is a uh, uh, utility in Vienna, in Austria, and they mm. have built out an, um, uh, a microgrid in one of the quarters of the city. Where um, uh, inhabitants can participate in that uh, in that microgrid, uh, being part of the solar farm that's being set up with uh, batteries behind the meter. Um, so and they they are trying to tokenize that as well. Yeah, so uh, and it's very interesting to see that they started with a different inroad than we are doing with two tokens. Mm-hmm. Hence, there is synergy between the two projects, and uh, we learn from each other. Um, so and on all kinds of different of, uh, different levels. So not only from the tokenization aspect, but also systems integration, uh, also the, the Oracle or crypto anchors so or how you trust the data that's being used to create uh, the to, to mint the tokens. Um, so and that's uh, especially moving forward, uh, a very promising kind of uh, contribution that we in will do. Great yeah. to hear that. So yeah. without diving into how they actually are set up and yeah. how it's working, yeah. so this was just about uh, the announcement that they are actively now participating in this initiative.
1: I actually yeah. met the CEO of Green Energy years ago already in Berlin, mm-hmm. and I know they're very, very entrepreneurial and, and, and uh, innovative in with yeah. regards to use
2: blockchain yeah. for years. And, right and they're ahead of our game here with regulation, so they've been able to provide a consumer offering as well. Yeah. So there's yeah. good participation there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. So let's talk about our use case. Yeah, so that's on the next slide, right? (laughs) So yeah, yeah.
0: so uh, we we are um, uh, we have spent the beginning of the year quite uh, some time to understand what's the best use case to start off, and we recognized, I think, collectively that we need to have a foundational layer first, and and Leon will chime in in how that foundational layer is actually being constructed and how we can build trust on those foundational elements. But based on that, um, uh, with Catena Investments, we have uh, identified that fractional ownership of a solar farm is a very promising use case uh, to investigate. Um, And the unique proposition is that um, the ownership of a single uh, solar panel is transferred from the asset owner Uh, to the second buyer so to the next to the next party so and that means that um, uh, that the um, the investment removes from the balance sheet of the initial investor to the second owner of the um, uh, of the panel so and uh, and and that's basically the main um, uh, use case uh, functionality that we're building Um, and later on I will share what uh, what's the progress on all the different work streams that we uh, that we currently have running so, and I think that, Leon, you can, you can yeah. chime in on the, on the foundational layers, right?
2: Yeah, so uh, the, the solar park, of course, has uh, solar panels and a series of uh, electronics behind that to concentrate the, the output from a solar panel into an inverter. And if you have home-based solar, you would be quite familiar with this. You would have driven past some solar farms and seen how they're constructed. Um, what we do a little bit differently, and as our par- participation in this coalition, is we we provide an expertise around putting a a data oracle on the solar panel itself. So we create a crypto anchor. It's an IoT type service that goes directly on the solar panel where the physics is actually happening, where the the electron flow is created. This uh, crypto anchor is done per panel and it allows us to create a data stream uh, from a Bluetooth mesh network right through to another data concentrator. And then it is put into uh, a number of databases and blockchain uh, types of APIs. This is really um, the, the architecture that we're exposing through the, the coalition is the capability to digitize the asset first, but we're mostly excited about the digitization of the offtakes. Once mm-hmm. you have the asset under control, the offtakes are both the, the, uh, ener- the energy, the carbon credits and the data. And the data is the most important one for managing a solar farm. So this, this is where our expertise and our, our services will, will come into. And that—that's really the this the plan is to make this a scalable platform and an open specification that the industry can participate in. We have a way of harmonizing the the go-to-market model.
1: Yeah, and and, and just for me to understand correctly, so per solar panel, you have a device. Yeah basically connecting to a blockchain as a trust anchor for any data created and energy streams created by the solar
2: panel. Correct. And it's an encrypted uh, cyber secure anchor so that we're trying to get around the problem of garbage in and garbage out. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the energy networks have very old assets that are not really cyber secure. Mm-hmm. So we're really providing a cybersecurity layer as well, starting right out at, at the generation. And we, we basically are tagging the electrons green mm-hmm. as they're flowing through through the system. Okay.
0: And that and that opens up a whole array of new use cases and applications, which are now uh, being explored in different start and different programs that you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Energy Tech is one of the uh, initiatives in the in the UK that we are closely aligned with. Yeah. Right. So we presented this week yeah, yeah. Within, within the, the uh, workstream three of Energy Tech uh, that we are we are building a new type of, of system to give the trust into the granular certificates so on, on an hourly basis. And I think you can go down to half a minute, right? 30 seconds.
2: Exactly. So in Australia, where we're first demonstrating our solar parks, the company has uh, got an investment into up to 51 solar parks. We have six that are ready. The Australian market works on five minute uh, periods of of, uh, energy trading. And so this is where we're trying to bring the energy tags down Mm -hmm. to this five minute period. And it it takes 30 days uh, in the traditional market for a certificate to be minted off a yeah, of solar park yeah. that you have to do it from a forecast and then you you then predict uh and, and emit the energy with a regulator emit the energy certificate with a regulator so we're trying to cut through and go directly digital and providing this uh mechanism where as soon as the energy flows from a, a park we can stream it into a digital certificate Yeah.
0: Yeah. So and and for our use case yeah. on the next slide, you see that we have two major steps in the process. Yeah. So the first part is to to uh, get a project uh, uh, identified, initiated, uh, financed and set up. Um, So and that's all needed uh, to go into the operational phase where we have the ability then to sell off single panels to new owners. Mm -hmm. So in the current use case is only uh, focusing on uh, the carve out of that that single panel. And uh, in, in the next year, uh, we will also, as uh, Leon explained, wants to tokenize the energy, the green yeah. certificates, and the data monetization. So, so, Jaap-
1: so, so, one step back the tokenization right now is on the ownership of the solar panel? Of the
0: single panel, of the single panel. And Pen-
1: the next step. Could be that we tokenize the energy in itself yes, as well. Correct. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Indeed. But but Jaap will go into uh, those two major uh, stages of any development. Yeah. So the first one is to set up a solar farm in the first place. What's all needed there, mm-hmm. uh, and then the second one is the interesting one that we want to bring to uh, um, uh, to life. Yeah. By the end of the year, yeah. uh, by showing how this tokenization can look like and what are all the implications that we're gonna. Touch upon today, yeah. uh, Moving forward,
1: so so it's a a, a two-step approach in in this regards.
0: Yeah, so you uh, need to do you need to do the ecosystem modeling from the start to uh, where we have our most uh, innovative part, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why uh, Jaap will go into uh, later on in how that both phases are constructed, yeah. Yeah. And what are the interactions? What are the uh, the values exchange between all the parties that are needed uh, to uh, to set up a solar farm?
2: Yep. And it's important to look at the regulation, uh, what, what the constraints are. We might be able to design a business system that is quite compelling, but there might be some constraints to that. So yeah. an yeah. energy yeah. retailer has to be involved. Uh, you can't really sell energy directly in most of the regions around the world. So the, they are giving a, a regulatory sandbox now to allow some of these business innovations. Uh, around solar yeah. and yeah. around wind and, and other renewable yeah. grids yeah so okay.
0: and, and also we're participating on the new EU regulation, which is pushed to each country to uh, modernize their energy laws mm-hmm. to uh, enable consumer participation in all markets of the energy system, so and we are building the, well we believe we built here the foundational work to make this happen on an elegant way mm-hmm. rather than uh, extending the current way of working in a more volume of more participants
1: okay. I'm I'm, I'm very curious what people think about this this approach, Mm -hmm. so um, it is time for uh, a bit of interaction again uh, from our side at least and please be reminded that if you have any questions please uh, do so and and ask them and I'll pass them on. But a poll question for you guys, Um, the next poll is uh, what is your view? of this um, uh, two-stage uh, uh, approach is it a doomed to fail b it might work three it's an interesting steps or uh, for how it should be done and then meanwhile i have some comments coming in um, at least um, from one person calling Malik. thank you very much it's not so much a question but he is the person, actually, um, uh, who is one of the inventors or the inventor of the technology described by Leon. So he holds various patents <laughs> in this regard. Uh, great to hear that, uh, Colin. And he's saying that's a great use case, and he wants to uh, kept uh, informed on the ecosystem modelling. But we're going to talk that. Uh, about that in oh, a uh, yeah in,
0: in a short while yeah, yeah after short. we do yeah, yeah. but uh, to to a heads up uh, the material that we develop in this uh, in this project in this initiative is yeah. all public domain. We will publish it, we will share it. Yeah, Watch the uh, the two tokens.org website. Yeah. There you can find the links to the models, the links to the theory, and the links to the work that we have uh, created based on this use case.
1: So, uh, on, on the website of two tokens, two tokens.org, yes. you can yeah. find all the information uh, that is publicly available. So, uh, Colin, uh, that's a good one. There you can find at least the, the, the public uh, accessible information. And, and
0: subscribe to be up to date on yep. upcoming events, upcoming webinars. Ah, very
1: good, very good. Um, so a little bit uh, about the structure of the initiative. Uh, yes yeah, it's, so it's a multidisciplinary. Approach.
0: Yeah, so yeah, so from the start we recognized that uh, having only tech or having only the token will not bring a success. Mm-hmm. So we uh, identified that we need to communicate uh, and uh, and share the information uh, because we want to solicit as much input and challenges as possible for our concept, uh, but also we need to find uh, the all the uh, the technical issues. Yeah, so, we have a technical stream doing systems integration, building uh, the wallets, uh, uh, minting the tokens, uh, so that's, that work stream is uh, is running and up to speed. Uh, we selected uh, the technology stack, we selected the use cases on a very agile way mm-hmm. uh, and we expect to show that uh, the tokenization and minting and, and transfer of token by the end of the year. Yeah, and that's all done by BlockLab, which is a subsidiary of the Port of Rotterdam. Yeah. They are building that uh, proof of technology as we speak.
1: And out of curiosity, also for the viewers, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, what is the choice of technology stack so far?
0: So currently we are on a testnet of Ethereum. Yeah. Uh, so and for the uh, the wallet uh, we use, I um, oh, forgot. Gnosis, well, no, Gnosis not well. Gnosis. No, 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 no. it slipped my mind, but, but uh, it, yeah,
1: it's Ethereum based, but that will it's give India, you yeah. the flexibility to use other low-cost networks like XDI. So like,
0: like, yeah, uh, so yeah, what, and what, and what yeah, so currently we took uh, a very pragmatic approach yeah. to build an, uh, a demo system with the technology that is uh, uh, known dear in, uh, to their to their uh, programmers. And if we validate that there is a market potential for this concept, mm-hmm. we will pivot the technology stack yeah. to to uh, meet all the requirements that we see suitable. Yeah, yeah? so that will be uh, well to be determined. Yeah, yeah. so and, and the other s- two parts that I can highlight a little bit. So on uh, on token design, we are uh, trying to set up and um, uh, uh, we're writing a paper mm-hmm. which will be published according to plan before the end of the year yeah. with the co- Concepts and the major uh, elements that are uh, that are that we are delivering. Um, So and on the token design. So that's uh, work that's work in progress. Mm -hmm. We use the token taxonomy framework for the token that we design uh, and probably some other tokens that we need to have in association as well to make the ecosystem work. As we learn from Jaap in a little while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and and that's it. I think uh, a little bit on the on the project streams.
1: so the ITSA classification yes yeah. yeah so
0: the ITSA classification yeah. one in the token taxonomy first mm-hmm. to carve out so what's the base token what are the properties what are the behaviors that we uh, design the tokens to have yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that, that's obviously going to have huge implications for example on the, in the Legal side, the regulatory side in in, yep. in this is, in this case. So mm-hmm. and, and that is also part of the project, right? So it's not only the token design and technical, the marketing part, but, but no. also the legal, regulatory, and and, and, and yeah. So that, that's
0: side. that's up next. Yeah. yeah. So here's so up next is the legal, and then followed by the uh, ecosystem modeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so
1: yeah. that actually brings me to the person uh, sitting back home, Gidget. Welcome and welcome to uh, to this to to this webinar, uh, Jos already mentioned it and, and Leon as well, uh, the regulatory side, the legal side is an uh, important part of this, this, this project in itself. And also with regards to regulation towards the future, uh, how uh, this should be built up. So so, what's happening on the, on the legal side within the, the use case so far? Can you give us more details?
3: Yes, sure, I can. Um, thanks. Uh, first of all, hi, everyone. Um, thanks uh, for joining this webinar. My name is, uh, is Dixit Brutman. As Oliver said, um, I'm a financial services regulatory partner at EFSHIT Sutherland. And um, I was actually recently asked to join this, this project for, for, for the legal side, and, and I'm super excited because it is indeed um, a journey, let's put it this way, uh, and very innovative. So um, my, my part of the job is, uh, is to take a look at the, at the legal side. And uh, before I do that, I will start at the basis. Uh, in this particular stage of the project, the goal is to create um, a non-fungible token to represent a single solar panel that is held in a wallet and is linked to energy offtake. So that's, for me, that's uh, the starting point. And um, I think that, uh, Olivier it would be good to just um, uh, explain a little bit uh, what uh, an NFT token, token is, and now if you can go to the next slide. So what are they? Um, well, if you look at the tokens, uh, they actually have been around for for many years, uh, but recently they gained a lot of, um, let's say, traction. Um, and they are taking a variety of of different forms, such as uh, maybe people know that here uh, joining the webinar, uh, the digital kittens like the crypto kitties, and sports uh, highlights like the NBA uh, top shot, music album downloads, and uh, and other other varieties. And I think actually mo- mo- more recently, uh, Sir Sir to- Tim. Uh, Berners-Lee sold an NFT that included the original source code uh, for the World Wide uh, Web. So if you look at the uh, NFT, it is uh, a unique crypto asset that represents rights to an underlying tokenized and often digital asset, which is created and transferred using the uh, DLT. And um, they, they can be bought and sold like any other property, but they have no physical form. And the NFTs are non-fungible, which basically means that they are unique and not interchangeable Um, because each token comprises unique data, uh, code and other metadata that distinguishes it from other NFTs uh, relating to the relevant uh, blockchain. Um, Oliver, can I go? Can you go to the the next uh, slide? So if you look at the possible uh, legal issues, uh, there are a few. I I just uh, mentioned uh, uh, just a couple of them. Um, And the first one, of course, that comes to mind is the possible licensing or registration requirements. And currently, NFTs are not specifically regulated in the Netherlands, uh, but however, depending on the features of this token and the activities around them, could fall within uh, one or more of the existing regulatory frameworks uh, here uh, in the Netherlands and for example just to give you an idea uh, again it's uh, it's not uh, exhaustive uh, but it's um, for example where a token can be considered uh, to be a financial instrument and a financial instrument is a share a bond certain participation rights in investment funds and if you do things around this kind of token, this might trigger a license requirement. Uh, The other one is, for example, if the token can be qualified as a participation right in an investment fund. And also depending on structure can trigger again, a license requirement for the, uh, for actually the asset manager of this fund. And then another uh, possible issue that we need to address is whether uh, this energy token qualifies as an investment object. and An investment object has a very broad description. It actually is defined as an item or an object, a right to an item or object or a right to the full or partial return in cash or part of the proceeds of an item or object that is acquired other than for no consideration Um, with the prospect of a return in cash and where the management of the object is mainly carried out by someone other than the acquirer. Then in that case, if you are offering an investment object or you are intermediary in uh, the sale of it, that also might trigger um, a a license uh, requirement. The other thing is that... uh, Everyone might know this that we have, of course, very um, extensive AML um, regulations, so anti-money laundering. So, if this token uh, falls under the scope of this uh, money laundering uh, regulation in the Netherlands, um, uh, depending on what kind of services you are lending, but it might be that you need actually to register register your company at the Dutch central bank. So this is currently the the situation for digital assets. Um, The European Commission uh, adopted on the 24th of September uh, last year uh, a digital finance package that uh, includes uh, a legislative proposal for the regulation of crypto assets, the markets in crypto assets regulation that will be uh, directly applicable in the Netherlands. It also might be that this energy token falls within the scope of this MICA proposal. And this MICA proposal uh, exists of a very in, uh, intensive and comprehensive uh, regulation of crypto assets, among which uh, a, um, a license uh, requirement. And apart from, from this, uh, there are also, of course, energy laws that we need to uh, take into consideration. Uh, Our firm has a a very large energy team, sustainable energy team and they will uh, play part in the whole legal review uh, uh, as well. Another issue that needs to be considered is of course the contract. It is important to do something, um, to be very specific about the underlying terms and and conditions. For example, how, how, how does the sale of the NFT work? is uh, there needs to be clarity on what the token represents when, when you are issuing it. So that's definitely something for more like the execution of, uh, of the token. And then the third issue is always ownership. Uh, the purchaser of, an, of a token owns the token itself. Uh, but what happens with the underlying asset if you transfer the token, do you need to Uh, agree uh, on that yes you do if you want to uh, to uh, transfer the underlying asset as well so that's also something that we need to consider always an issue is of course privacy if consumers are involved so we have to look take a look at the general data protection uh, regulation as well and I heard I I think that Jos was mentioning this before uh, cyber security um, of course also an issue or may i better say a risk um, and in that respect it's good to know that the european commission commission drafted a digital operational resilience act the dora uh, it is called uh, which is also applicable to crypto assets uh, services providers uh, finally um, at least for today uh, of course the cross-border challenges Uh, NFTs and its activities will most likely have a cross-border aspect, of course, uh, and in practice, that may lead to the questions, questions like what framework in which country is applicable. So that's also something we have to take a look at. So that's in a nutshell that I wanted to say today, uh, Oliver. Um, I hope it gives some food for thought. But I want to I want to um, uh, stress that this is a very high over and brief overview of uh, of the legal issues that uh, that we may uh, come across.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Gidget. And uh, it it, it does uh, pose uh, multiple questions with me, uh, but uh, hopefully also with the people uh, watching. And I've got one question already coming in from uh, Michael. Michael, thank you very much for that one. Um, And it's it's a a legal slash governance question. Uh, If I own uh, 0.0001 uh, um, uh, of a token or do I have the same rights and privileges as an owner with a thousand tokens or what are your, in, in a broader sense, what are your thoughts on governance and uh, similar to shareholder votes for traditional securities or what, what is the idea so far in the project?
0: Yeah, so we, uh, I can explain a little bit. So um, uh, the, the the number of tokens is one per panel. Yeah, yeah, it's non-fungible, it's, it's non-fractional. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you have a, a solar farm with 1,000 panels, you can then theoretically have 1,000 uh, uh, stakeholders. Um, so and uh, one of the uh, aspects of governance: if what are your rights in voting for changes? What are your rights on voting if there is a technology refresh? Uh, that's still uh, on on uh, to be determined, right? So we have not fleshed it out, but those we will initially, I think, uh, step. To traditional ways of uh, f- uh, fractional uh, weight of your of your vote against all the other uh, parties, yeah. uh, and it might be that uh, the um, uh, the operator, the asset operator for the shared assets like the inverters, like the uh, for the services for vegetation management, etc., has some uh, preference uh, votes. Yeah, so um, but we'll need to see. Yeah, so that's a good. Good question. Good challenge. Yeah, thank you.
1: Okay, uh, another question and a very valid one from uh, Herman, Herman von der Veer. Uh, thank you very much, Hermann. Um, why would you need an NFT to represent a unit of energy? Because electricity is a community after all and therefore not unique. I think the NFTs are on the solar panels and not on um, the energy stream. No, so, so we're talking about the first token, right? Yeah, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, so currently uh, the, 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 the scope of the current project is to do fractional ownership. So in the token represents a single panel.
1: And, and central ownership of the so solar the So, the, so the,
0: the farm, yeah. Farm, so we have a yeah. farm with, for instance, thousand yeah. solar panels, where the solar panels are connected to uh, to strings, strings connected to uh, inverters, inverters connected to the grid connection. You need to do vegetation management. You need to do maintenance. Yeah. So only the panel is being transferred in ownership. Mm-hmm. And only the panels being represented by an NFT. Yeah. How the other tokens will uh, look like and designed—that's something that's on the agenda for next year.
1: Yeah, but yeah. but I, I uh, just just I kind of agree to hear It yeah. is a commodity. You yeah. don't need an NFT for a kilowatt hour. No, education. no, for it's sure.
0: For sure, it will <laughs> not be an NFT for a kilowatt hour.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so very very valid point, points. Yeah. Uh, thank you yeah. very much for these questions. Yeah, let's, uh, let's yeah. get them uh, coming in. Um, And thank you very much, uh, Gidget, Uh, and uh, hopefully next time we can have a more in-depth legal part, but given the constraints of time for today, I do want to move on to the second uh, part, uh, or uh, the the, the last part of today, and that is actually how do we create value in an ecosystem like this? So not so much the the, 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 your business case of a single solar panel, but uh, as an ecosystem as as a whole. And for that we have Jaap Gordijn at the table, so thank you um, for joining us today. And enlighten us a little bit. So, how do we do the the, the value creation here? Well, so, enlighten
4: yeah. is the correct terminology <laughs> if it is about electricity. <laughs> okay, nevertheless, um, what we do or, or what we what, what we do in this project is that we design the value network, or as it always always called the ecosystem. Um, that those are for us interchangeable terms, and we do that for a number of purposes. The first purpose is that we want to understand you know, how the ecosystem looks like. So we did workshops with all the parties involved in this case in this use case Uh, the second goal is that we want to understand if all the parties that participate in the use case can create a profit and that's quite important because if for example the park owner uh, cannot make a profit the whole business case collapses after a few few years and the third reason is that we need to scope basically the technical architecture that has provisioned the whole thing And uh, the ecosystem modeling that we do also provides context for that. Um, Next slide, please. Um, How do we do that? Well, what we do is that we try to aim at a a, what we call fair ecosystem. Then you might answer what's fair. Well, fair means that everyone gets his fair share. So um, there are some ecosystems, specifically platforms, which are not so fair. I won't mention those names, but you know uh, who they are, I guess. Um, second of all, we we do an engineering uh, approach, which means that we really conceptualize that we model the ecosystem and that is for a number of reasons, for example, that we can do automated analysis of the cash flows and thereby analyzing the, the net cash flows and the profit, but also to do all kinds of checks on the model or the ecosystem or an ecosystem is really a valid ecosystem. Um, so what I will show you now is are a couple of these, these models. We call them E3 value models. E3 value is the methodology that we use here. And, um, well, this is not to impress you. Uh, actually, the, the pictures come a little bit more complicated later on. Um, but as you'll see, it's, it's very easy to understand. First of all, we have the rectangles. The rectangles are the parties in the uh, in the case. So the developer is the, the entity that builds the solar panel farm up front. Um, so that can be uh, a construction party or another party with, with, which wants to, uh, to, to build those, uh, those farms. Um, then we have uh, an investor and the investor, well, that, that's, you understand, that's the, the party who, who, who provides the money and wants a return on that money. Um, there are um, uh, panel producers. That's, I think, trivial. Um, and there is a, a trusted monitoring device provided by Sunified. Um That's the device that ensures that we precisely know um, which electricity or how much electricity is generated by which panel and that it is also not possible to deprive that. There are mat- material producers. They provide, for example, the mounting brackets for the panels because you have thousands of these panels and also the required equipment to, uh, to get access to the electricity grid. And finally, there are inverter producers. Um, They uh, build or or, or deliver us the the, the many inverters that are needed to connect the panels to the grid. And I've got one, I think, which is the landlord. This is the farmer or or some other party on the land and runs the the land to the uh, the park. So these are the main actors in
1: the network uh, involved in the whole ecosystem? These are the main
4: actors, and, and this is really the actor. ...for bootstrapping the network, right? So the, the developer buys the inverters, he buys the panels, buys the uh, monitoring devices from Sunafide, as you can see. And so the blue lines are about uh, selling the, the materials for the panels, and the, the yellow lines are bu- about buying the stuff for, for, the, uh, for the firm, so the, the inverters, the, the other stuff, and the, the square meters that you need. Um, and you'll see that there is also what we call a reciprocal transfer, which is, in many cases, money. And so if you buy a panel, you have to pay for it, obviously. Yeah. Um, with the investors, it's, it's slightly more complicated. There you get um, money, of course, the investment. Um, you have to pay interest or you have to pay dividend, uh, dependent on how the investment precisely looks like. And, and we assume that there also, you have to give pledge pledge, for example, on the panel that you obtain. So that's an additional security for the investment party. So this happens up front. Then this happens the first year. And this uh, model looks pretty much the same as on the previous slide, only now we have an additional part which is the asset manager. And the asset manager is the party that owns the uh, park, where the uh, panels are physically hosted. And if you just look at the uh, the yellow, uh, sorry, the green part of the model, you'll see the energy consumer or the energy customer, he consumes electricity or energy in this this picture, pays money for that. This is just payment for megawatt hours. Um, We assume here that the customer is is a large scale customer uh, who who can really require some megawatt hours. Um, So not not individual households. Typically, those are... um, uh, peer-to-peer purchase uh, agreements, uh, so uh, not really at, 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 the, at the exchange of power, but really peer-to-peer between the manager and the customer. If you follow then the path, the green path, you will see that we need two things. We need um, access to the distribution grid, and usually that's not for free, uh, so you have to pay per, per megawatt hour. And then you'll need a, 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 you need to use a number of panels, um, to generate the required uh, electricity that you have sold to the customer. And um, those panels are provided by the so-called PV cell owners and the PV cell owners use, uh, lastly, management services from the park, which is uh, keeping the vegetation, cleaning the panels, all that kind of stuff. What's important here in this model is that um, the panel uh, owner, so the PV cell owner provides the right to use the panel to the assets manager. Um, um, But the PV cell owner still remains the owner. This is important because uh, first the uh, asset manager does not have the panels on their balance sheet. They remain still at the balance sheet of the PV cell owner. Um, But on the other hand, if if you are a PV cell owner and you have a panel, um, that panel might perhaps at some time be in the shade and not generate electricity or it may be broken or something else nasty happens. That's a risk. And that risk is managed by the asset manager. So what the asset manager does is averaging all electricity um, generated by all its panels and pay the uh, PV cell owner uh, the, the amount of money that represents his part in the in the deal. And,
1: and, so- and, and, and just from my understanding, uh, the PV cell owners you're talking about, um, their ownership is represented by an NFT in this case. Yes. So this yeah. is the NFT uh, tokenization yeah.
4: part. Yeah. 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 That's true. So, but yeah, so you can see, um, so, so the, the things that are in brackets we call value objects, objects mm-hmm. of economic value, and and one of the, the things is, um, you see that uh, on the bottom, uh, the PV cell owner buys the metered panel from, from the developer, um, so that's, that's and they paying the first year, then all the panels that were originally owned by the developer are sold to the PV cell owner yeah and that's where the uh, the token uh, of ownership happens okay so, so
1: if i switch back for the audience to the previous slide here you see the developer at that point in time the developer places all the yeah. pvs in in, in 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 the park yeah. and then uh, every single pv is tokenized and represented by an nft and these yeah. nfts are sold and thus the ownership goes to the individual pv cell owners that actually kind of lease back or rent it out to the the asset manager to use it. And the lease back
4: is to a bit to simplify the business case because otherwise you should need extra services, for example, averaging out the the generation of electricity. And that's that's a risk, an individual risk for a cell owner. And and what you see here is that on the one hand, let's say this the PV cell owner can buy stuff but can buy panels from the developer. That is the first trade basically. Um, but later on if all the panels are sold to the uh, owners they can buy from each other and that's also depicted by the blue lines. And uh, we assume that all this happens in the first year eh? so in the first year all, the developer sells all his panels to the uh, cell owner. And uh, what you can see uh, on, on the other side is that the, the red lines that the developer also sells uh, the park with the equipment uh, the mounting uh, barricades and so on to the asset manager. So that's what happens the first year and uh, years after um, are um, uh, a bit less complicated. So we don't have here a developer anymore because I just said that in the first year, everything was sold to the uh, asset manager and to the official owners. So this is more or less the same model, but now um, with the uh, development developer um, uh, left out of the model. And this is what we call the steady state situation where all the uh, panels are sold to the cell owners and Cell owners can individually trade these uh, these panels with each other, buy more or sell more. Um, yeah, then uh, how we want to continue with this? Uh, so the model that that I've just showed you is is constructed by uh, by a number of um, of um, uh, workshops with uh, all the parties here in, involved in the use case. So this is was really quite a, a task. Um, what we now have to do is to quantify everything, so to, to, to quantify how many panels there are, what what, what their prices are, how much the, the devices of uh, of certified cost, uh, all that kind of stuff, what the landlord asks per square meter. So we need to do the financial quantification and the financial assessment to, to understand if everyone can make a profit. That's the first thing. The second thing what we will do is that we will look into variations of the of the value network. Uh, for example, fractional use, meaning that you can uh, not only um, use one panel, but even a fraction of the panel um, and, and also trade that. So uh, real ownership is, is something we want to look into. So we, we now assumed a model where basically the panel is a sort of leased out to the, to the uh, asset manager, but you can think of other models there. Um, and so there are many variations possible here. Um, As a next step, we also will look in the implications for for tokenization, um, specifically what kind of data should be in that token and what kind of processes are needed to, for example, trade those those tokens and um, to to make generalize it a bit more uh, uh, two tokens has has more uh, use cases, not only the energy case, but also others. Um, and we want to develop or, or uh, use the build a, a methodology to, to develop those e- ecosystems that, that utilize token, tokenization technologies. And for that reason, we want to integrate the e method methods with um, the uh, work of the Interwork Alliance token taxonomy framework. They provide a nice framework, but they also provide Provides quite uh, advanced software tool support to build those tokens. Mm-hmm. And we, our stuff, the E3 Value methodology, comes also with IT support. So the idea is on the longer term to integrate that so that you can start with designing your ecosystem and uh, end with um, a tokenization uh, implementation, for example, uh, based on the Interwork Airlines uh, token framework. Um,
1: yeah, so um, um, I, I have one question yeah. before I'm going to post it and um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you if you have any more questions please type them in so I can pass them on to either Jos or Jaap, uh, Gidget uh, unfortunately already had to leave, uh, but, um, uh, but please so I type in your question and I'll pass it on to 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 Jaap Yap. In this in in this case, uh, my question is actually um, here we see a clear intertwine of the various uh, disciplinary uh, um, uh, elements that are working together in this use case, and that is with regards to the quantification and the final assessment uh, financial assessment of. How much should a solar panel be? So in other words, for who is it accessible? And especially um, this choice will have huge implication also from a regulatory perspective. So to whom can you sell this, 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 this fractional ownership to? Is it in, is it in, in, in a qualified investor? Is it an uh, individual person? So what, what is the, the, the first aim? So first, the first aim obviously is to create an NFT per solar panel. Uh, is this also um, uh, uh, in mind then that you're going to sell a solar panel to an individual consumer or will it be too costly? I don't know what no, a solar no. panel
0: costs. <laughs> a- yes, so, so from a general use case perspective, uh, if you sell to an individual consumer, you need to do your know your customer, KYC. Mm-hmm. You need to be compliant. So there we are going to look in uh, how we can best bring this to market so initially it will be i think corporate investors as already you ja mentioned right so the uh, commercial industrial entities that are in, of interest in need of energy um so but in, in, indeed that's that's something that we need to look into how we can bring this to market so and and this is indeed a good challenge for well the the, the backlog of of items that we are working on <laughs> yeah uh, so and and please uh, keep them coming yeah and so that's also a lead to uh, to i think uh, the next slide right we are planning to have a roundtable, mm-hmm. uh, so we want to be challenged. We want to be uh, receiving uh, questions uh, and also together to uh, and then uh, find solutions, find uh, directions of uh, exploration that we need to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, uh, it's it's a it's a small team. And we want to um, have as much participation as possible.
4: Yeah, I I think in addition to you, we we really tried to keep the ecosystem as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. um, And also specifically for legal reasons. So that's why you have chosen to give more or less the the right to use the panel uh, to the asset manager Mm -hmm. to shortcut a lot of these discussions. Yeah, um, you can have more elaborate models, of course, but that takes more time and has more business and legal consequences.
1: No, and uh, I, I completely so, agree. Yeah. K- keep it simple, especially in the beginning, because we have so many open questions. And let's let's yeah. cross every single sure. bridge when yeah. we get there. Sure. And it's it's easy to overcomplicate things uh, right from the start. So <laughs> that's that's. That's, that's what
4: different. we try to avoid. Yeah. I admit that the, the pictures might look a bit difficult, but um, we can
1: explain them very clearly. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There is on the chat some um, intertwined uh, discussion going on uh, uh, amongst themselves and not so much uh, questions to, uh, to the table here. So that brings me to the final part of this 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 webinar. Um, and that is uh, that I want to point out to the fact that uh, we're gonna have a round table session, December the 14th, where we're gonna go much more in detail about all the topics that we discussed today or what is the, the purpose of the round table?
0: So the purpose is that we are uh, setting up a number of challenges, and we want to have subgroups uh, taking each of those challenges, and uh, then uh, start working on it and get as much uh, perspectives and input and collaborative uh, ideation on how to address the challenge. So, if you find that you uh, that we are missing something that you want to put a challenge forward, please do so in the chat now, yeah. so we can uh, take it with us and uh, and prepare the program in the round table. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, unfortunately, due to COVID, it will be a virtual. Roundtable and not a face-to-face, yep. which we uh, used to run last year, right? As yep. the it the Token Foundation. Uh, but much more uh, looking forward to all the participants uh, also the, taking part of that uh, Roundtable program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, like I said, this uh, will be then the end of today's webinar. So, thank you very much for joining us and uh, for the interaction, uh, the questions that you asked to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you have any more questions, you can always email us or um, uh, visit our website where we post more information. And uh, like yours did, an open. Inf- also to join the roundtable session where we can have subgroups going in much more detail about the um, elements that we have talked about. So. Thank you very much for watching today. And hopefully we will all see you at the round table um, of December 14th, which unfortunately will be a online one and not a fiscal one. So let's hope that in the next year we can have a fiscal meeting again, but it will be equally interesting anyhow. So please join us December the 14th. And thank you very much to Gidget, Leon, Jaap and Jos for joining me here today at the table.